0: Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I remember my, uh, my days in the seminary uh, when I spent six years learning all sorts of theology and philosophy and ecclesiology and all other types of ologies that I didn't even know existed. Um, and it was, a, it was a wonderful time of... Um, of, of learning new knowledge um, of gathering and, and, and internalizing so much of what uh, I had known and yet not really known, uh, you in a sense got bloated on knowledge uh, so much that you couldn 't possibly internalize at all. Um, the temptation is to let that bloating go to your ego. The temptation is to have an inflated uh, opinion of of everything you know because you're you're trained as much as the the professors I mean, the, the professors at the seminary they try to teach you to have this nuance, but you think at the end of six years you know everything. You got an answer to everything. You know I mean, and you've got the training to prove it. And so, of course, it doesn't take long in the parish to figure out you don't know quite as much as you thought you did. Um, but I think that happens so a lot of us. It's, um, it's what uh, that book uh, you've been hearing me quote from, um, from Brian McLaren called um, Learning How to See, and, and that one of the C's, uh, the 13 C's, is the confidence bias, is that you have this, um, we have a confidence bias, and it's defined as we prefer a confident lie than a hesitant truth. Because in America, in particular, we like confidence. You've got to be a confident leader. So the more confident you are, then the more people are going to follow you. So even if you're not sure, you put on the confidence. I mean, look at all the interview process for most of corporate America. I mean, you've got to ooze confidence. You know exactly what you're talking about. When you get in the job, you just got to do it, right? It's just that whole sense of, in a sense, overconfidence. Uh, and there's not a sense... Of 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 balance, Um, well, it's that overconfidence that Jesus is taking on in today's gospel. Because you see, the Pharisees and the leaders are are, are on the chair of Moses, as he says, right? And he tells them, like, like, you can do everything they say, but just don't do what they do because they're not living it. They're not. They're they're not living. They're not practicing the faith. And and the temptation is to. Um, and that's our temptation, not just for religious leaders, for all of us, is to have this overconfidence that we know exactly what God wants us to do at any one moment, and that we have the corner on the truth. And, um, and that's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Uh, not just a caution. Jesus basically condemns it, and He says, um, you need to be humble. You need to have humility at all times. Not only before each other, but before God, that uh, that will be a way to measure it. And so, so, what are we to do in our own lives? I mean, so we're not religious leaders, I get that. So, how are we meant to internalize this? Well, I, I think I was fortunate when I got my very first assignment as a priest that I had a pastor who, who knew the eagerness that would come out of the seminary and, and was balanced and, and and invited me gently to to uh, to be nuanced, to to wait and to understand. Uh, that pastor was for a work or predecessor to here. Um, and, and when I left there, I I you know I found myself another mentor priest that, that I would enable me to to keep measured, to keep a checkpoint, if you would, in my life. And everywhere I've gone, I've always had a leadership team that I've selected at a parish where uh, some members of the community at large and some members of the staff, the senior staff, and I, and I go to them every week or every other week with what's on my mind to, to checkpoint. Because here's the temptation is that when we go to prayer, and you know how, you, you know how important I consider prayer, the temptation is that what we hear in prayer can often be a projection of our own voice onto Jesus. So what we hear back from Jesus is exactly what we are thinking because we've projected it onto Jesus and we hear it right back. So how do we test the spirits? How do we figure that out? Well, one of them is, is of course, being, first of all, a man and woman of prayer, a boy or girl of prayer, that we really do listen or attempt to listen to Jesus in our hearts. But then we also must test the spirits. We must, must um, ensure that, that what we're hearing in prayer is validated by other people who also are men and women of prayer. And, and that's where a mentor comes in, and that's where the community comes in. And, and we have to then trust each other to have this. Uh, let me give you an example. So about six or seven months ago, I, I, I felt very confident because the temptation, by the way, the temptation on this is that we think that we can have no confidence. You don't want to go from one extreme to the other. You go overconfident to having no confidence. Well, we're confident in Jesus Christ. We're confident in the truth that he gives us, but we still need to test it. So let me go back to the example. About six or seven months ago, I was very confident in prayer that what we needed to do was to put on a retreat, a parish-wide retreat, never been done anywhere, it's not like we pull out the sheet of, of Where's Be Known Elsewhere. No one ever does a full-on retreat in a parish. And so when I initially brought it up, there was some hesitancy, and there were even some people who didn't think I should do it, but when I brought it to my mentor, and when I brought it to my leadership team, when I brought it to the pastoral team, they all embraced it, and we worked hard to bring it about. And last weekend, we had 250 people who came to the retreat and had a, an amazing time. So, so. Sometimes we can be confident, and we need to be confident in the right thing, but we still have to validate and make sure it is what we have. Now, speaking of confidence, um, two weeks ago, we sent out a, uh, the financial reports of the parish uh, to show how, well, we're done confident. Now, I don't want us to be overconfident. I want us to be confident. So I invited one of our, uh, our finance committee members to come forward and give some words about just to highlight, um, to ensure the confidence, the rightly placed confidence we have in what we're doing. So I ask Tuesday, uh, Kintara, a to come forward this time.
1: Good morning. I'm going to take a few minutes of your time for some b- brief comments on the state of the parish's finances. We have emailed all parishioners the parish financial report for the year ended June 30, 2023, and I hope you had time to read it. The financial report provides further detail on my comments today. Thanks to this community's generous response to our stewardship appeals in years past, one-time gifts, and very successful auction in 2023, our church's finances continue to improve. Beginning in 2021, we have had operational surpluses which have allowed us to build back our long-term operating and capital reserves. These reserves ensure that funds are available for unexpected and material operational funds, um, matters and repairs and improvements to the church, and facilities that do not cover normal operations. Normal operational expenses need to be funded by Sunday Collections and your generosity. I will not go into the detail, as this is in the annual report, but I will provide some summary comments. First, our cash and investment positions continue to increase, but portions of those amounts are restricted to certain purposes and cannot be used for normal operations. Annual budgets are robustly developed and monitored on an ongoing basis. Sunday collections have lagged normal operating expenses this year by about 10%. The biennial auction in February of this year was a great success, but leaves a hole in fundraising to fill for next year. One-time gifts have been strong, but are variable in in nature, and the church must be careful not to look to these to fund operations compared to special projects. And lastly, Sunday collections will need to increase by 10% in order to meet the expenses in the coming year. In our overall stewardship message of time, talent, and treasure, we talked about a donation of one hour of salary as a weekly gift. Equal sacrifice and not equal giving. If you earn $20 an hour, then give $20 a week. If you earn $200 an hour, then give $200 a week. The same is true for those retired. So please give, give the equivalent of one hour or 1 40th Or 2.5% of your weekly income as a weekly gift to the church. We can only provide the ministries we have if we have the funds to do so. For the school, it is policy that the school breaks even from its own operations and not receive support from the church or for operations. The church does provide support for tuition or financial assistance for families in need. And a few points on the school. First, outreach efforts of the school continue to drive increases in interest in both the school and preschool. The school's reputation continues to build after being named a 2021 Blue Ribbon School. The school raised tuition 6% this year to remain fiscally healthy. And lastly, enrollment continues to increase and the preschool is operating at capacity. As you can see, our church and school continue to strengthen their respective financial positions. This is only possible when Sunday collections and school tuition meet expenses. Please continue to be generous in your weekly giving and special gifts, and consider increasing your Sunday giving. Thank you for your time. I will be outside in front of the church after Mass to answer any questions.
0: Thank you, Tuesday. So, we, we ought to share the confidence that we're doing well, but we don't want to be overconfident. We don't want to move to this bias of confidence. But what are we really confident in. We're confident in the message of Jesus Christ. And this message is a powerful message, and one that needs to be heard not just by us, but by more. More families who are in our parish who need to hear it more often, and those who are yet to be part of our parish. And that's the confidence that I want us to invest in, and that's what I'm asking you to do. So let's just recap on some of the things we've invested in this last year in the confidence. We, we invested in, in, in hiring a new full-time youth minister because we, we need to build back our youth ministry. Form. We invested in more uh, hours in, in communications and in, in community building, which has led to that wonderful retreat, and we've invested in a, a lot more prayer resources. And that, that's what we've done in this last year. Uh, what we're asking this year ahead is we're, we're looking to invest more in the youth minister. So Father Mike's suite that used to be over here in the corner, we're turning it into a youth center. Now, we're nearly finished, but we haven't, uh, we haven't got the funds to completely finish. We're almost there, so we need $50,000 more for that. Our success is we got more people coming to church, and that's wonderful, and we're slowly building back, but we still got a long way to go. A lot of people still are staying online, and we want to encourage them, all of you, to come and join us in person. But we also need to invest in our audiovisual. Our, our AV system has been... Um, is over 25 years old. It's great, but it, it, every now and then you'll hear it just kind of go out. So we need to invest on it. And the visual is the same. The, the screens are, are, are in need of investment. So that's going to cost $150,000. These are large ticket items that we need to invest in. So, so what, what are we... Uh, and, and we spent more, and we did some of the chairs. Uh, we re chairs, again, overdue. And, and many other things to improve the environment and our prayer resources to others. So what, what am I asking of you? So you're going to receive an email from me on Tuesday. And in that email, we will list out some of what we've just talked about here. And then we'll list out what you gave us, what we have recorded for you for the last year of giving. And then I'm going to ask for a dollar amount to ask you to give. Please be, don't be offended if I ask for too little right? But also don't be offended if I ask for too much. But give prayerfully what you can afford to give. Give, and maybe you can't increase your giving, but you can give a one-time gift for some of these projects. Whatever it is that you feel comfortable with, I ask you to prayerfully consider giving that gift an increased gift. I am confident that we are doing what is right in the parish. We have grown our music ministry, we have grown our prayer ministry, we have grown many different ministries back. We still have a far way to go, yes, but we're definitely doing what we are on. I hope you share that confidence. We don't want to be overconfident, but we want to be confident in the message of Jesus Christ, that this is what the message the world needs to hear now more than ever. And we are that community that can bring that message. So I ask you, please, be generous as you can be. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who are humble themselves will be exalted.